Hello and welcome back to the TTP, Tatani Talks Parsha, the share where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We're here in Sefer Bamidbar. We are looking at Sefer Bamidbar. We're looking at Parsha's Penchas. We have come to a very interesting story, a sad story where the Jewish people are led to a terrible way by Bilam, the non-Jewish prophet. He couldn't win by cursing the Jewish people. He blessed the Jewish people. But at the end of the story, he tells Balak, he tells Midian, and he tells them how to get the Jewish people to do bad. And then, of course, the Jews go and they do a couple of sins, and then a lot of people pass away. Not a good thing. So there's a play going about. There are people dying left and right until Pinchas stands up and takes the day and saves the day, actually. A guy, a prince from the Jewish people, literally sins in front of people, shows a non-Jewish girl in front of the Jewish people, and Moshe and the elders forget the law. Pinchas remembers, and Hashem probably made it, that he remembered that he knows that the, the law is you could take the law into your own hand and you could kill the person if they're doing one of the the three cardinal sins. You know, there's major immorality going along, so... Pinchas takes care of Cosby and Zimri and basically saves the day. Pinchas here is the one that jumps up and literally saves the day. He is the one, he is the man who stands up. He basically is seen as a zealot for Hashem. Basically seen as someone up standing for the honor of Hashem, standing for what Hashem stands for and what Hashem needs in this world for that message, for that need. Penchas is the one that literally brings the day to Savior. So Penchas is the zealot. Penchas becomes the religious zealot. And Penchas, the sages identify whether it's the person himself or whether it's just the people in general but Pinchas is identified with Eliyahu Hanavi. Eliyahu Hanavi is one of my favorite Nevi'im of all time, of the entire Tanakh. Eliyahu Hanavi is someone who has a lot of kinah for Hashem, a lot of zealotry for Hashem. In fact, at the end of his life, whether, Pinchas, whether Eliyahu is alive or not, we know that the Navi tells us he was taken to Hashem in a whirlwind of fire, in a chariot of fire, whatever that means. The end of his life, Hashem brings Eliyahu on a long journey. El- Eliyahu goes and he, he is under the shade of the tree and then he gets a long journey. He eats like a fig cake or whatever. He goes journeying for 40 days or whatever the allegory is, the messages. And then Hashem brings him to this place, this secluded place. And he brings him and he shows him different things, the thunder. And he shows them the, the lightning, I believe. And then different aspects. And then the still, small, still voice. And then Hashem is in the voice. Hashem is not in the great sound. Hashem is not in those crazy things. He's in the small, silent almost silent voice. And Hashem asked Pinchas, what are you, uh, Eliyahu, excuse me. Hashem asked Eliyahu, what are you doing? Eliyahu says, I have been zealous for you, Hashem. I've stood up for your honor, Hashem. I'm the only prophet alive that did that. The only one left standing. Technically, there might have been other prophets. We know Avadya saved a lot of prophets in two caves, 50 or 100 to a cave, 50 to a cave, especially during the reign of the wicked Ahav and his wife Izevel. 
Eliyahu was the main, main prophet. You know, he was very regal looking, majestic with a long white beard, probably. I always picture Lahavda, 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 like Gandalf or Dumbledore, Lahavda, Lahavda, but probably even more majestic than that. And, you know, Hashem shows him this vision and asks him again, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And Eliyahu says, I've stood up for your zealotry, for your Hashem. Your children have sinned. I alone have stood up. And Hashem makes Eliyahu realize that it's really the end of his time and place because he's too zealous. He stood alone at Har Carmel, the amazing showdown between him and the fake prophets of the Baal. And I believe there's another also fake prophet took down 400 of them, some say 800. Amazing, amazing showdown in one of the Haftorahs, one of my favorite Haftorahs. And Eliyahu is identified with Pinchas because both of them might have been the same person or spiritually, allegorically, or metaphysically, they stand for the same thing, standing up for the zealotry for Hashem. It's so easy in life to be jealous of other people. It's so easy in life to want what other people have. I wish, I wish, why can't I have this? Why can't I have that? I I want to have a bigger house. I want to have more cars. I want to have more money. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. It's so easy to be jealous of other people. The question is, though, how easy is it to be zealous for Hashem? It's easy to be jealous of other people, but how easy is it to be zealous for Hashem? Not so easy. Not so easy in life. We want it to be that we are zealots for Hashem, not in a crazy fanatical way, not in destroying other people way. We want it to be that we ourselves can stand up for what Hashem needs, for what Hashem wants in our life. We want it to be that we are the zealots for Hashem, zealots in life. And it doesn't mean that you have to stand up and God forbid hurt people and slaughter people and harm people, but on some level standing up, for what Hashem wants from us, from what Hashem needs from us, from what we're supposed to do in this world and what we're supposed to do in this time frame of our lives. We're supposed to stand up for Hashem. We're supposed to do good for Hashem. We're supposed to be zealous for Hashem. It's so easy to be jealous of others, but it's not so easy to be zealous for Hashem. And a lot of times it's expected to do this or that for our bosses, for other people, but really Hashem wants in the life just to be fearful of Hashem and to stand up for the honor of Hashem and to be Mekadish Shem Shemayim. We could learn and we should learn from Pinchas and from Eliyahu, who the sages identify as being one and the same, whatever that means, whether they're actually the same person or whether they stand for the same ideas or the same idea or ideals. But in general, we want it to be that we are religious zealots for Hashem. Standing up for the honor of Hashem, standing up for the honor for the covet of Torah. You know that throughout my lifetime working for the DOE, I purposely wear a hat in, in, outside of the school and I'm traveling on the way because I want to be safe on the outside. You never know what kind of people are on the train. I take the LIRR, the Long Island Railroad. We don't know what type of people are there, especially I've been in very dangerous areas, Brownsville, Bedstein, East New York, all these wonderful locations in Brooklyn and beyond. But inside the school, I specifically try to wear a kippah because I want it to be that people know I stand up for Judaism. I am a religious Jewish person. I'm an Orthodox person standing up for the ideals of Hashem, standing up for what we believe in. And there are many times, especially in my most recent location before the summer, before summer school for the DOE and working summer school, 
I was in a location where there were a lot of non-Jewish people who had a lot of questions and had a lot of things, evangelical Christians and people that were very believing, very faithful to their outlook. And they would ask me a lot of questions. They almost made me like their rabbi. And I had to stand up for our ideals. I had to be somewhat of a little bit of a, of a tiny bit of an aspect of a zealot in my own way, trying to explain to them many different things that they're at odds with, that they don't understand, that they can't comprehend. What is the Sabbath? What is does it mean when it says in the verse this? I thought this was this. I thought there was a fallen angel. I believe this. What does Judaism say about that? Who else is supposed to answer? Who else is supposed to talk back? Who else is supposed to explain? Hashem put me in that place with those people. I have to explain. I have to tell them. I have to do what I can. What are you reading there every day on your breaks? What are you learning? What are you trying to see? What is this Talmud you talk about? What is this Gemara that I see lying on your desk? What is this Torah scroll that I see you reading from? What are these things? And I explain there's the oral law and the written law, the verse only sometimes hints to things, sometimes insinuates to things, but we have the express tradition that was spoken Rabbi to teacher, rabbi to teacher over the years, and at a certain time period, we had to write it down because Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, Rabbi Judah the prince, was worried that it would be forgotten. So he wrote it down in shorthand, and then Ravina Ravashi, two great rabbis in Babylonia, wrote it down in an explanation and expounding it in the Gemara. And Rav Yochanan ben Zaki in the, in the Yerushalmi in Jerusalem in Israel tried to write it down, had to write it down also to make sure we wouldn't lose it. These are all things that we have to explain and have to tell people. And when I walk around and they see that I have to leave early on a Friday, I have to go prepare for the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? What are you doing on the Sabbath? You have to explain that God made the worlds in six days on the seventh day he rested, he rested and it's a sign and we believe that we have to abstain from work and really enjoy the day in really different ways. It's it's interesting to try to explain these things and it's it's fascinating to try to explain these things and it's up to us to try to explain these things. And when you're working in an environment and they say, what's Passover? What's Pesach? What's Hanukkah? Isn't it? And what's Purim? Isn't it just the Jewish version of Shmaloween? No, 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 sir. We have to explain all these things. In our lives and our days, there are certain ways to explain these things. There are certain aspects and allowances to explain these things. We should try to explain as best we can to be that religious zealot in our own right, to be that person sticking to the principles, sticking to the ideas in our life, in our Judaism, in our days and in our ways. Why did you take off yesterday during the year? Why did you take off for Purim? Couldn't you work? Why did you have to leave to get ready for Yom Kippur, for Yom Kippur? And why were you fasting the, the other day? I thought you only fast on Yom Kippur. No, there's Tisha B'Av and there's a Shiva Sabatamas and there's a Sarabatavis and there's Tanis Esther and there's Songadalia. There's six fast days throughout the year and each fast day represents something else. And why do you cry over a fallen building? Wasn't it just a building 2,000 years ago? Does it really have any significance and relevance to you? And we talk about how the world was and what we wish the world was now and how we've fallen so much. We don't have God's presence fully in this earth anymore. He's hidden. He's behind the scenes. He's kind of under the table. If we can really understand what we lost, we could explain to people what we're hoping to gain back again. 
with Mashiach coming speedily in our days, with the base of Migdash, the third one, the final one, being rebuilt speedily in our days. People don't understand what is really all about these things. And when we walk around, we're basically Jewish ambassadors to Hashem. We have to stand up and be that religious zealot. We have to learn from Pinchas, learn from Eliyahu, that we can stand alone against the entire world, against the whole culture, against the whole building. There are many times where I'm the, whole, the only Jewish person in the entire building, the only Orthodox person, Jewish Orthodox person in the entire building. Happens to be now there is a Jewish religious lady in the building too from speech, but oftentimes I am the only one in the whole building. The only one in the whole building. You could have 80 people, 100 people on the staff, 50 people on the staff, especially in the DOE. You could be the only person standing against the whole tide, the whole river, the whole world that is your school. Every person is a world and every aspect is a world and every place you go is a world in of itself. We could also learn from Avram Avinu. Why was called Avram, why was Avraham called the Ivri? Because he alone stood against the whole world. He was on one side of the river, Kiviachal. The whole world was on the other side of the river. They were all involved in paganism. They were all involved in polytheism. Avram was the only one that stood up for monotheism from a very young age. He knew the truth. He knew about what was true. Even from a young age of a toddler of three, the sages say, he knew what was supposed to go on, what was supposed to happen, and he knew what was wrong. He went into his father's idol shop and he destroyed all the idols. At three years old, he recognized that there was a Hashem. And his father comes to him, Terach, and says, what happened here? And Avram explains to him in a, in a very interesting kid way, the idols did it to each other. They got up and they destroyed themselves. And he said, you fool, they can't do that. And Avram says back, why are you, why are you serving them? Why are you worshiping them? If they have no power, they can't do anything. They're stone and they're wood. He was not happy with Avram. I'm sure. But Avram was an Ivri, someone who stood against the whole world. We know this word comes throughout Jewish history through many people. Yosef in Mitzrayim was the Ivri, the one Jewish person in the entire non-Jewish, very immoral world. We know that Yonah is also called the Ivri, the one person on the ship, the one Jewish person on the ship thrown overboard to save the people from this storm. Swallowed by the fish, a lot of times we are the every two. And we learn from Pinchas, who stood up, stopped the plague, remembered the law, even though Hashem caused Moshe and the others to forget what to do. Pinchas knew to stand up for the honor of Hashem, to stand up for the zealotry for Hashem, to stand up for the covered for Hashem, for the honor of Hashem. And when you're walking around, when you're going about, you have to be zealous in the ability to make a kiddush Hashem. And that starts with talking nice to people. The other day I had a major situation where we were having trouble with different things. I had to speak to customer service and I had to speak to different people and I was very, very, very mad. So I wasn't able to go about things in the normal, usual place placid manner I try to do so have to do chuva for that and when I call in the future customer service will not have to atone for that and be better for that when I call say hi how are you can you help me how's your day going that's what I usually try to do when it's not a crazy situation when we talk to people when we talk to baristas and the tellers and the security guards and the crossing guards be zealous for Derek Haritz be zealous for having the right ways in life to be able to talk to people relate to people and make sure you have proper covered up brios every Every single person has a tzalim If they're alive, if they're breathing, Hashem put a neshama in them, put a reason for them to be in this world, for them to be around. You could talk to them in a nice way. You could relate to them in a proper way. You can make sure to have derech eretz. When people don't even look at the security guard, don't even talk to the crossing guard. 
Don't even acknowledge people around them. People come, for example, in the DOA, they come into the room, they don't look at anyone, they grab the kid and they leave, not even saying hello to the teacher or to the assistants. That's not nice. That's not Kiddush Hashem. That's not Derech Eretz. Hi, how are you? How was your weekend? Ah, great to see your kids are awesome. Some of my favorite kids on my caseload. It's so wonderful to be a privilege to be in your class. What can we do to walk around to be ambassadors for Hashem, ambassadors of the Jewish people, standing for morals, standing for ethics, standing for proper honor? Kavod Abrios, Kavod Torah, Kavod Hashem, Kiddush Hashem. What can we do in our lives? That's why Pirkei Elvis, to me, is one of the best farm of all time because you learn from the sages, you learn from the Chachamim, from the Talmidei Chachamim, how to live, how to go about your days, how to go about your ways. What did they do in their life being an Ohev Shalom, Verodev Shalom, being someone who had Savor Yad of Panam Yafos, always having a smile on their face and a smiling countenance and joy in their lives, a smile on their face. One sage said that if I wouldn't greet someone else and they got to greet me first, I'd be upset. I always tried to greet someone first. One time someone beat me to that. Another sage would say, Ben Az, I would say, Ben Zoma would say, who is the wise one? Someone who learns from everyone else. Who is the strong one conquering their inclinations? Something to learn from everyone. Going about our lives to make sure that we can go and be zealots in our own ways. Religious zealots. And a zealot doesn't mean to be destructive. A zealot does not mean burning down someone else's house because you're standing up for what you think is the cover of Hashem. A zealot is not someone who takes out a gun and mows down his enemies, mows down people that he thinks deserves to die. The zealot is someone that wants peace wants the best for the world, wants there to be a Kiddush Hashem, the zealot who mows down people and kills people with the gun because he thinks that's what's supposed to do is causing a Chilal Hashem among many other things like Shpich HaStamen which is one of the big three that you're not supposed to do on the pain of death on the pain of death and Pinochas even knew that on the pain of death, this person should not have brought the girl in front of all those people and he had to stand up for the zealotry of Hashem to kill these people, but in general, taking a life is a very, 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 very bad thing, a very serious matter. So we don't want that kind of zealotry. The real zealotry is walking around, doing the mitzvahs, doing the chesed, doing the Torah learning, making a kiddush Hashem, changing the world, sanctifying the world, standing up for the ideals of the Torah, understanding, being able to explain to workers and co-workers, those around you, the beautiful elements of Yahadut, the beautiful elements of Judaism, the beautiful elements of our life, explaining what Shabbos is all about, explaining what the house of all of, are all about explaining what we stand for, where we come from, what we want to do. We look at a shining example of Eliyahu Hanavi who stood against all the false prophets, challenged them at the mountain by himself. Do you think he knew that Hashem would send a miraculous fire down to gobble up all the water that he poured all over the sacrifice when there were so many people at the showdown fighting him? He didn't know. It could have been a huge embarrassment, a huge discredit to him, but he did it anyway because he was zealous for Hashem. Do you think Pen us knew there would be no setback from killing these two people, that nobody would rise up and try to hurt him. He didn't know. He went and did it anyway because he was a zealot for Hashem. Again, we don't use violence. We don't use physical brutality as the answer usually. This is a special case, special law, special dispensation that Moshe and the sages forgot at the time so that Hashem could allow Pinchas to take the kahuna, which was rightfully his, not from birth but by right. But in general, in life, going about giving a beautiful example of sanctifying Hashem's name, making a kiddush Hashem, being a religious zealot in your own way through peaceful actions, through honorary actions, through inspiring actions, showing people that you can do really cool things in Judaism, like making podcasts that I try to do or working on this the paper idea. 
finding different items and people, very cool things you could do in Judaism, doing audiobooks and really cool novels with a Jewish flair on it. People think Judaism, they don't always understand the really cool things that we have, podcasts and videos and books and articles, so many cool types of professions and WhatsApp groups, so many cool initiatives that are out there people don't even know. But if you're zealous for Hashem, you're zealous for the good reasons in the right way, you could really make a difference, you could really impact those around you. And we look to the example of Pinchas, we look to the example of Elayah, we look to the example of Avraham, even look to the example of David, who was the eighth child. Some people thought he wasn't even a legitimate child, he was not even the strongest of all the brothers. He was the youngest of all the brothers. He was banished. Sometimes they used to put him with the sheep. He stood up and he became one of the greatest leaders, one of the greatest warriors of all time. Everything was stacked against him, yet he came out on top. Learn from the examples of the beautiful characters from our Jewish history, from the Talmud, from the Tanakh. You learn from other people. You learn from the religious zealots how to live a life of inspiration, of Kiddush Hashem, being Mekadosh Shmaying, sanctifying God in your actions, in your and how you explain things to people and how you go about your life being kind-hearted, being ethical, being moral as much as you can. Of course, everyone has their struggles and their problems every day, whether it be whatever it be in different lives. Of course, people struggle with many different things in their life. Some people might have smoking issues and alcohol issues, but by and large, as much as you can every single day, do whatever you can to make a difference, to use good mediums to get things done. On a tiny, tiny level, that's what I love to do on the podcast, on the radio show, using radio, using podcasting, audio, to make a tiny difference in the world, to speak Torah, to speak topics through wonderful mediums. People that are writers, people that are speakers can talk Torah, zealous for Hashem's ideas, zealous for Hashem's reasonings, for Hashem's ability to sanctify the world, to elevate the mundane, to bring it to spirituality. That would be a wonderful way to follow in the ways and peaceful ways to follow a Pinchas, to follow an Eliyahu, to follow an Avraham. If we could all be zealous in our own ways and peaceful ways and wonderful ways to be Mekadoshim Shemayim, maybe we could finally be Zoche to have Mashiach come and not have to have the three weeks that we're in the middle of, not have to have a Tishavav, only to have Yom Tov, maybe we Zoche, that Mashiach comes and the Beis Migdash is speedily brought back to us within our days and may that day in fact be today. This has been the Tani Talks Parsha, the TTP, where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.